I think step one would be just get to the gym three days a week. And actually, not even the gym. You need to find something that you really enjoy that is considered exercise in your mind. One of the best sayings I've ever heard is, um, is pr- you know, pressure. Stress is pressure. Yeah. Pressure makes diamonds, Absolutely, right? Yeah, that, yeah. like, I, I, I love that. For you know, sure. when, when pressure comes and when you're feeling that, that, that stress, you've got two options, right? You can either take it on and, and get better sure. from it or you can let it affect you. And, yeah, exactly. So. Digital Cowboys Episode 3. We discuss everything digital marketing and growth hacking for small businesses, startups, and entrepreneurs. So if you want that competitive edge, then saddle up, because Cameron Francis and Sam Roshan are about to drop some value bombs. Hey everybody, this is Cameron Francis, and this is Episode 3 of the Digital Cowboys. Now I'm really excited today. I have got... Chris Ackland. He is the head coach at CrossFit Box Hill and founder of Iron Tribe Weightlifting. He was one of the founders of a very successful digital marketing company in Melbourne, but he sold his shares to pursue his passion for movement and strength training. Chris has been coaching for five years and in that short span of time, he has left no stone unturned, having worked with some of the best coaches in the world. A consistent podium finisher at state championships and 10th placer in the nationals, Chris also headed to China to learn about coaching and to improve his techniques. Chris's biggest motivation is to improve the state of weightlifting as a sport and give it the recognition it deserves. For Chris, strength training is the fountain of youth. It is an effective approach to improve a person's strength, power, movement and vitality. He's known as someone who actually walks the talk and he believes that the real adventure happens in the journey itself. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Ackland. Woo, Chrissy! How did I add? Did that feel a little bit awkward going it through all of that? Awkward. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, excellent. So you've been doing this for, how long have you been doing Iron Tribe weightlifting for? Uh, Iron Tribe officially started middle of last year. And how's it all been going? It's been going really well. As expected? Uh, yeah, I didn't probably have any expectations when I first started it, um, but uh, yeah, through, through the help of uh, my current boss at CrossFit Box Hill, he's, he's helped kind of push it, which has been fantastic, mm-hmm. and organically, like I'm not actually trying to necessarily attract new clients now, I'm just trying to put out great content. What, what's, and, what, are you, what have you been putting out, what have you been doing? Oh, just educating people on the te- technical side of the movements that I teach, Um I'll soon be doing a video on like food prep for the person sitting in front of me. <laughs> it's uh, a pain in the ass to do. It's actually not easy. It isn't. It isn't. And I think uh, I think when you start to enjoy the process a little bit of it all, that's when it makes it a little bit easier. But when it's seen as a chore, like anything, we'll avoid it like the plague. Yeah, okay. Just self-preservation, self, um, unfortunately, takes precedence. What's the next step for you? What's the, next the focus? next step for me um, is just to keep moving forward, try and grow the sport. I'm going to um, hopefully give back a little bit. So this year I plan on getting the referee license and kind of starting to volunteer a bit more. What, is that, what does that mean? Referee for what? For weightlifting. <laughs> so, uh, I'll be one of the people eventually making a decision on some poor lifter if they made the lift successfully or if they didn't make the lift successfully. So what is a successful lift and what's, it, what's the definition? So the sport of weightlifting is the sport of the snatch and the clean and jerk. Uh-huh. Two movements. Uh, the snatch is taken from the ground or a barbell is taken from the ground overhead in one movement. Uh-huh. The clean and jerk is taken from the ground to your shoulders and then to overhead. Uh, a successful lift would be, um, there's a couple of factors that come into it, but basically doing it without uh, pressing out. So you, you've got to catch the bar with straight arms above your head. 
Uh, you've got to show control at the top of the lift um, for the three judges in front of you to then give you the three white lights. So okay. One judge per one white light. Two white light gets you a, a good lift out of three, and two red light gets you a no lift or three red lights as well. How'd you go in the last contest? Uh, last contest came third at state championships. Um, and uh, yeah, well, I didn't do too bad. It was uh, obviously it was a bit of a battle for second, but the uh, guy unfortunately got me. Did he? Yeah. By how much? Uh, I think he beat me by four kilos. Is that a lot? It doesn't seem like a lot. It's not, <clears throat> but it is. Like I, my first goal was to go six for six. I'd had a average competition the one beforehand, so I wasn't actually aiming on beating the total that I got the competition beforehand. It was just to go on because you get three attempts at a snatch, three attempts at a clean and jerk, and it was just a, kind of a confidence building competition. And um, uh, the I was doing that, I ended up hitting five out of six. And I mean, the last lift probably would have put me a kilo behind, so I could have essentially gone for the win if I had to put two more kilos in the bar. What's the what's your PB in comparison uh, to what you did? So my best depends on how you look at it. My best clean is 134 kilos. My best uh, clean and jerk is 128. Okay, 127 on the day. Okay, yeah. well that's good. So getting is there a goal of getting as close to your PB? Yeah, and every competition's got a different goal. So like you might do four upwards of maybe five to six competitions depending on how new you are. Um, and you don't look to PR at any all the competitions. You just look to kind of build confidence, and you might use them as warm-up events for national state meets, international meets, things like that. Okay. When's the next one? The next one, haven't set a date. I've got two options. I could enter myself into a, a CrossFit weightlifting competition, which actually carries prizes and, and possible monies, Ooh. which is always a nice <laughs> thing. But uh, because I'm in the process of moving up a weight class, I'll, I'll struggle to do super well in that one. If I was at my lighter body weight doing what I do now, I'd probably, probably push some people to be competitive um so that's that's a kind of maybe one which is a bit sooner than i'd like i'm in a bit of a building phase at the moment i'm probably four months from now okay i could do another one okay yeah do you know that we've probably known each other for about 15 years i do know that and i don't i you know you hear a lot of people talk about health um they talk about fitness about what's the best deadlift and all of these kind of things and a lot of a lot of the time it's just rehashing other people's information so the reason why I say this is I've, I've wanted to speak to you today um, to give some tips tricks or ideas for the busy business owner the busy founder someone exactly like myself that doesn't you know prioritize their health sure. um, over over everything else um, a perfect example I try really hard but very, very easily it can fall down on the priority list. Something comes up, I've got to do A, I've got to do B, I've got to take this phone call. Um, and then that compounds. And then I get into this really negative um, uh, negative momentum mm. where it's like now I wake up, it's like, fuck, I really can't be bothered going yeah, to the gym. Yeah. you know. And then it just now I've, I've accepted it. It's like, no, I've got to break it somehow. But the crazy thing is if I go to the gym, I'll feel like a million bucks. I'll two million. Yeah, like yeah. it, I feel really, really good. I feel strong. I feel handsome. You know, I feel, I feel good. Absolutely. Um, but why, you know, why can't I just do that the next? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I had a, a, a good point. I think the the tough part about it is, and especially from someone in your shoes, the busy kind of corporate um, male or female, whoever it might be. I think the big issue can be. Uh, they want to do everything 100%. If they're going to do it, they need to start tomorrow and they can't fail, they can't falter, there can be no issues in what's going on. Um, 
Now, the big problem with that is uh, we all fall down. We all make mistakes. It's never going to start at 100%. I mean, you've only got to go and look into your own business at the mistakes that have been made. And, mm. and, like, and that's basically how we learn, right? Instead of having a, a learning mentality of, or like a teachable moment mentality, we kind of have it, well, no, tomorrow I'm going to the gym. I'm going to be there at 5 o'clock and I'm going to be there for the next seven days in a row. Uh, and if we fail one of those days, then like, fuck it, I'll start next Monday. Yes, yes. Um, it's exactly what happens. Yeah, I'll in- start next Monday. Or, to, or do you know what? I've got a, a 21st coming up or an hour age. We've got a 30th or a baby shower's yeah, coming up. Yeah. I'll wait till after that. Or a holiday. And sometimes people use that as motivations. And obviously, look, we're goal-driven people, which is fantastic. Um, we need those goals. But the problem with a lot of those goals is, let's say, like, let's use you as an example again. Getting married in August. October 14th, thanks October for remembering. 14th, you just happened to be on the bridal party. Yeah. Well, what do you yeah, just make sure you put that in the diary. I was just thinking about the Bucks party. You just got to get through that <laughs> first, don't we? Um, and uh, what will end up happening is like you'll, you'll hit your goal because uh, majority of people actually hit their goals. It's just whether how long, how long do they hit their goals for. So people have a big goal and end. They get to that goal and they don't set the next one quick enough or... They don't set a long-term picture, and next thing you know, they revert back to old habits. Okay. Because they don't have that drive or that why. So with every one of my clients, the first thing I have to try and find out is, what, why, like, why do you want to do this? And unfortunately, like losing weight for your wedding, although it might be motivation now, if I'm going to work with you for years to come, it's not a good enough motivator. What if I continually get married, though? Well, then you'd be set for life. Right? <laughs> yeah, because then yeah. that's not so much of an issue. I think you need three jobs to cover that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so for those normal people that aren't going to continually get married, what would be some of the good goals that you... Like, what, what are some realistic ones? Well, they need to be... The, your why obviously needs to be um, like kind of special to yourself because uh, eight-week challenges, 28-day challenges, things like that, eight-week challenges, um, things of that nature... They're great because they get people moving, they get people in the gym, and they get them like working towards a common goal with people that have similar interests. Now, when you've got that motivation around you and you've got those people messaging you, it works really well. Yep. What eventually happens is the A-Week Challenge finishes and the gym might offer you a discounted gym membership and that signs you up, and that's fantastic. But if you lose contact with those people who you were with and you just kind of lose motivation, that's not going to get you into the gym, right? So like having the goal of I want to lose five kilos at 5 o'clock in the morning, isn't going to get you out of bed. So you can have performance goals. So I think the reason what keeps me kind of going in the gym personally is mine are all performance-based. So if I don't, if I miss uh, X amount of days, that pushes my goals back. Mm. I'll, I'll never compete at the Commonwealth Games or, or the, the Olympics or anything like that. I think a, a great goal of mine would be to one day get selected for a Commonwealth Games shadow team, which is just a, like... It's, it's, it's like kind of reaching for the stars, reaching for the moon and the stars mm-hmm. type scenario. And that, that that's what keeps me driven, right? And, and, and the other thing is for now, while I'm a bit younger, I want to stay ahead of my my athletes. And that's what motivates me, that ability to, 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 to have done it. So that like 10 years from now, I can say that, um, like, I mean, I competed at nationals before I took a, an athlete to nationals. So as a coach, that only made me better because yep. I made a, a couple of mistakes with myself that I didn't make with my lifter and she ended up placing second at nationals. So what about if we're looking at, so, you know, uh, someone that runs their own business, they work, you know, anywhere from 60 to 100 hours a week, um, their diet, inconsistent, you can imagine their sleeping patterns. Atrocious. Um, but high performers, you know, like yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what they do. What are some of the things that you would like what are some of the tips that you would want to to give them in order to 
improve their physical state, their mental state, their emotional state, all, all of the above? I think step one would be just get to the gym three days a week. And actually, not even the gym. You need to find something that you really enjoy that is considered exercise in your mind. Okay. Because right? obviously, the, the, the brain is where half the battle takes place. And just the act of exercise, whether it's you're exercising playing... Uh, it's the racquetball or something. Squash. When you're playing squash. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you're going to the gym. Like I happen to find that most busy executives love getting strong. Yep. They've got that alpha male about them. Mm-hmm. They love putting a heavy bar and just literally being like, I can do the 200 kilos. When I go into the office and I'm sitting across someone who looks like he doesn't go to the gym, I've got an edge on him. All right? Whether it's a psychological edge or whatever. Yep. Um, so you need to find something first that you can justify to yourself and you can take time away from your business. The weightlifting one's very interesting. It's very interesting because there's there's a lot of parallels between that alpha male strength sure. and just the the mental the mental aspect of, of, of everything that we do. Yeah. So um, so okay. So weightlifting, trying to go three times a day, three times a week, three times. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing is like uh, that it needs to start slower and it needs to be like it needs to become like you said habits. Okay. So like step one might be um, uh, pick. I think it's called the rule of five. Pick five things that really, really mean a lot to you with, you, with regards to your health. And let's say it's like, and prioritize it from one through five. Okay. What you do from that is get rid of number five. Focus on the first four. Interesting. So give me an example of what that looks like. So let's say, for example, it's uh, I need to sleep number one. Because if I'm not sleeping, it's going to affect my work more yep. than if I don't go to the gym. Number two would be nutrition. Number This is just off the top sure, of my head. Number sure. two would be nutrition. Uh, three would be uh, actually going to the gym. Four might be the quality of my nutrition as opposed to like my, my big thing when I say nutrition is there's eating and then there's people that starve themselves. Like I've got a corporate client at the moment who it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't eat for two days. He'd live off coffee and you know, like deliberately or well, just busy. And like he might, in yeah, saying that, yeah, like he might, like what I would consider not eating. I, I think, uh, I think we have people have uh, different mindsets as to we have an overeating culture. I think to a degree that's true, but I also think there's a lot of people out there that under eat. They don't, they don't. Uh, eat to uh, fuel themselves. Do you think? Do you think that an element's got to do with knowing and understanding what to eat, why, and For how? Sure. And, and the thing, the biggest issue is, it's all complicated, and and the fitness industry likes it really complicated. Yeah. Because a confused person, um, it's kind of easier to manipulate. Because then you fall into categories. You've got the low carb category, the high fat category. You've got the um, high carb category you've got the paleo you've got yes oh, you've got so many men like it just you get free, dairy free like you've got everything <laughs> yeah uh and then what happens is again falling back to that place we fall into that same issue and if we don't do that we fail then we, we, we kind of resonate or a failure or whatever happens you know i, I want to touch on our uh, on nutrition and and like like what should what should you eat yeah I want to touch on the gym thing, right? So yeah. busy, go three times a week. Go three times a week. Just do your weightlifting. Do so, yeah. So again, but you have to enjoy it. So okay. like, I'm not going to force someone to lift weights if it just they don't enjoy it. Okay. Because they'll stop coming to the gym. So if, so for those that don't enjoy weightlifting, what do they generally like? Uh, it could be some because of a girl yoga. Okay. Maybe some fellas like. Yoga. So would you? So would you consider yoga to be? And I, I don't know, but is yoga considered? Would you consider it like a type of working out? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. So that counts. Yeah, so absolutely. yoga, yoga lattes, pilates, weightlifting, jujitsu, boxing, See, just just, just being active. Movement okay. is one of the biggest components to everything. Like you look at what we do in a day today. Like let's say for example, you drive forty five minutes to work. And you're in meetings all day from seven thirty in the morning till six thirty at night. Yep. You've done approximately twelve to thirteen hours of sitting down. Yeah. 
We're not meant to sit down. Okay. We are meant to rest. Cervezas, absolutely. Have you, cerveza or beer? Did you just say cerveza? Oh, that oh, is yeah, excellent. Cervezas too. Um, um, what's the Spanish one for sleep? <laughs> Siesta. Siesta. Look <laughs> at but you know, and 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 actually, this is one thing I change myself. So if because um, you don't come here much, but you notice that I, I have a standing desk, right? Perfect. Yeah. Right, like I just I, I I stand up until my feet, like until my feet are sore, yeah. and then I go, shit, I better sit down. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I I I agree. I think, but I think I do it for a different reason. I do it because of momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Like even right now, sitting down, I'm not as comfortable speaking than if I was standing up. Exactly. I'm I'm more confined. So when I'm when I'm in my standing desk, I'm able to move a lot more, I can be a lot more animated and I've just got I've just got a lot more emotion flowing through through me, whereas sitting down but then also by standing up, there comes along all those health benefits and all that stuff yeah, attached exactly. to it. So, so I think yeah, number one, find something that you enjoy that you can consider exercise, and it has to involve some form of movement. So okay. obviously, like chest exercises the brain, but unfortunately, like I don't think that's going to happen. Movement, exercise. activity, sweat. I think sweat yeah. would be important. Sweat to a certain extent, yeah. So no sweat. So if you don't sweat, then that's not good. No, I wouldn't say that at all. You just um, exercise needs to be. Uh, too many different categories for it, but let's yeah to keep it simple. Let's uh, move for half an hour and, and and build up a bit of a sweat. Okay, cool. I think what what I, what I want to touch on is that, and why I kind of said it's a little bit difficult is uh, something I want to train out of people as much as possible is people have if it doesn't hurt, it's it's uh, it wasn't worth their time. But what's hurt me? Like, could... like if I if I can't walk for three days after my gym session, I didn't train hard. Who enough. says that? Oh, people. If I, oh, I wasn't that sore on Monday, so obviously I didn't hard enough, or, you, or I didn't try hard enough, yeah, or you yeah, pushed yeah. me hard enough. Um, or like even some guys who are trying to get massive, they're like if my biceps aren't exploding out of my arms yeah. for the next three days, I didn't train biceps hard enough. Interesting. Uh, and the only like a cool quote that I've got to say to that is, if muscle soreness is a direct correlation with getting bigger, go and run a marathon with no marathon training and see how sore you are. You wouldn't have built any muscle doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I stole that from Lane Norton, but uh, it's um, – yeah, anyway. Okay, well, well, let's just say if someone can't go to the gym, yeah. time-wise, can they do stuff in their office or can they do things at home? Both. Okay, so what, what can they do? Um, first step would be learn how to squat. Okay. I think that's key to most human movement. You can YouTube that or you can message, you can email Chris, but you want these people, you want people to learn how to squat. Learn how to squat. Uh, okay, to- I'm going to squat now. Sure. You tell me if this is good. See, I'm squatting. I've got a six squat. I was going to say, you've got the jeans for it. I've so. got a six squat. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. <sighs> you guys just missed out on seeing the best squat. <laughs> I didn't want to brag. So tell me why that was the best squat you've ever seen. Well, basically, like you can use a squat as a diagnostic tool. Right? You see someone, if they've got a healthy squat and they've got good hips, good ankles, um, and obviously if they've got good hips and good ankles, the knees are in the middle, they're probably going to be healthy as well. Big generalization, but you can see that from the first get-go. Like, I'll look at that, mm. and if I was doing a movement screen on somebody, most of the lower body movement screens are done because that's perfect. Okay. So if I saw that and let's say I say your left knee was caving in, things like that, I would then look at why. Like, why is that caving in? Is that caving in because the person doesn't know to push their knee out or keep their knee over their foot? Or is it because there's a weakness somewhere or is there an injury somewhere? So is there a particular uh, video that's – like, can someone just search how to do the perfect squat? We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll do a tutorial after this. Yeah, um, we'll put it in the show yeah, notes. Cool. Um, so now that they know how to do the perfect squat, how many should they be doing? 
Not that they know, just get in the act of practicing. How many should they be Start. doing? Go old school. Three sets of ten. Three, Three sets, sets of ten. ten. No weights. They're yeah. doing everything freehand. Well, like if, if you're gonna if you're doing it, let's say you've got 15 spare minutes, right? Yes. Like if it was a strength training session and you had a whole hour, I'd say take your time, take your rest periods. If you've got 15 minutes, I'll probably, let's say, let's look at it from a weekly perspective. You have three sessions in a week mm. and you've got two 25-minute sessions, right? And that's going to allow you to get there, have a shower, you do your 15-minute session and you leave or vice versa. Sorry for shower before you leave because you want to be stinky. Um, well, you might want to be. I don't mind. But, my, uh, my sweat actually doesn't smell too bad. What, what I would do is... It's true. Most people, if they've never trained weights before, if they've never been in the gym before, that's going to be tough enough. Okay. So you do like... And you would pick you know, two or three exercises for your lower body, three sets of 10, two or three exercises for your body. Now, it sounds super simple and it is super simple. If you want to make it more complicated... Don't rest between the movements. Uh, at first, I would go over. I would be trying to stress movement quality mm. over the amount of repetition. Here's, here's a quick. So, do you think it's important for the non-competer? Right. I'm not going to compete, but you want to be healthy. You want to be fit. It impacts all of the different aspects of your life. That you should be documenting what you're lifting, when you're lifting, how many. Is that important for the non-competer? And I'm not leading you into the answer. No, I, um, depending on what they're training, if they're training to get stronger, I think it's important. Okay. Uh, I think it's it's important for many reasons other than the fact that it helps them progressively overload from week to week, month to month, but also from the psychological factor so that they can look back three months and be like, because after a while you go to the gym, you're like, I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. Because the scales, let's say the scales haven't moved for a little bit. You've been lazy with your nutrition. You could still get stronger. Yeah. With both of those things not going your way. But you don't realize it because you forget when you started. Like uh, the first time I went into a gym, I think my one round back squat was 60 kilos. So it's got to do with the memory, like not. For sure. So, okay. Seeing you come, how, how yeah, far you yeah, come. Yeah, yeah, okay. People will eventually get fixated on a number and they'll forget about the process that they're going through, right? <laughs> so, like for some people, like you had a perfect squat there, I might spend um, weeks up to a couple months trying to get somebody to that squat. Yeah, and that's okay. a big achievement, right? Yeah, yeah. And they might look at that when they first start squatting, but like, I've been doing this for six months and I'm only on a bar. But they might forget where they started. And um, like from a from a health perspective, like by by kind of tracking it, it keeps you a little bit more accountable, right? And then you can see where you started, where you are. You might take six months off for whatever reason. Then you come back and you're like, well, this is where I finished last time. I'm going to go a little bit below that and I'm going to try and beat it in the next four months. Any tracking tools that you recommend? Um... There's a number of them. My the one that you use, pen and paper. <laughs> yeah, I use Google Sheets for myself. See, that's I good. No tools, no subscriptions. Google. I I think that I've got uh, my routine down pat when I do go, um, and what I should be lifting. I I think I've just got it ingrained in my in my brain, and I've also got like I know that I should at some point change up one exercise to keep it. Yeah. knowing to go a little bit heavy with lighter reps or go you know more reps and then a little bit lighter like changing those kind of things up but um yeah google sheets i think that that's a great idea google sheets is yeah i use that all the time yeah i think it's uh, i use it for all my clients i've got uh personalized sheets made up depending on what their goals are and it looks different from someone who is just like you said health conscious versus yeah. someone who's trying to train specifically for Olympic lifting. So we went into the squats. I mean, surely you'd be doing crunches and, and push-ups, right? Would you include that into your I would work? Include that. Yeah, absolutely. Anything bodyweight movement, I think if somebody's only going to choose bodyweight movements, do some research on how gymnasts train and go through their really, really basic beginner stuff. And I'm talking basic beginner stuff. Uh, What's some of the stuff that they do? I have no idea. 
Well, if you had video footage here, I'd make you do a couple of them. But because uh, <laughs> obviously gymnastics is all body weight. Forget it. I'll put it on. You're gonna put on. Oh, you're gonna put on some screen stuff. I'll put on some screen stuff. Uh, let's go to. Let's look up Beyonce. You're kidding me now. No. You're being funny. Beyonce. Okay. Uh, Beyonce tension gymnastics. Let's see what comes up here. Now I'll, I'm very fortunate. I work with a yeah that top one. This one? Yeah, absolutely. There's no Beyonce. Yeah, she's singing. Is that what it's? Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. I want to listen to it. Um, Nick, uh, Cameron's going to put on. Okay, I'm going to. I'll put the video in show notes. Ah, uh, that's wow. So basically, they've got a routine with it. I uh, see, but they. You know what's interesting is their faces. They don't even look like they're stressing. Whereas if I go and do that right now, I'd, I'd, I don't, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't do it. So are they strong? Very strong. So could they cop a punch in the stomach? That's really incredible. So that, so they just, okay, so they're tired there. Part of it. So basically they're doing side by side crunches with their legs lifted really up. That's yeah, it. Is that what it is? Yeah, hold on, so there's a couple of foundational movements in gymnastics that have a lot of carryover to a lot of other Jesus! <laughs> so now it's like a. Um, what would you call that? That's a, no. that's Superman. They're the Superman. Yeah, it looks like a Superman so, yeah, so you're basically holding a Superman. Now they're doing a Superman just with their bodies. Now Superman with their legs, all on their stomachs. Oh, like each beat, they're, they're pumping. So pump, pump. And now they're doing a swan. Actually, this is a really... So, I'm going to pop this in. I want people to see it and then give that a go. I don't think I would do... Would many men do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You sure? 100%. Okay, that just doesn't look like... But that's cool. No, I wouldn't say that last stretch that you saw. <laughs> swan. Um, but I think you're also... So, uh, it, it, and this, is a, this is dependent on the person. If somebody's like... Relatively fit and not severely overweight. Yeah. I mean, even overweight people could probably do that. I, I would start with that if they're looking for like something they could do anywhere. That's that's okay. So that's so basic gymnastics. There's a book by Christopher Summer called actually he's got a whole website on it. Gymnastic strength training. Uh-huh. Uh huh. To give it to put it in perspective, one of the movements and when you watch the video, they do what's called a hollow, and it kind of looks like a dish. Some gymnasts call it a dish. Basically, they're lying on their back. And they tuck their legs up and lift their arms up so their biceps are next to their ears and kind of create a dish with their body. That position there is called the hollow. Uh, there's That's probably, let's say that's, I don't want to use levels because I'm not a gymnastics coach, but let's say that's level three sure. of ten. Um, okay. Level one and level two are tucks. To move on from each of those positions, you need to be able to do five rounds of 60-second hold with a 30-second break between each. Now you've got to build up to that. So is it there, so do you get like belts in gymnastics? No, nah, you wouldn't get belts. So they, they've got uh, get they, bracelets. They've got, they get levels. They get levels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that because most gymnasts are bloody tough. Uh, no, well, sure. um, but just, uh, just there are there's levels. So like uh, I think Mark, the a girl who I work with, she was a national level ten, mm. which I think is I, I would assume just a couple steps below national level ten. So can they go higher than ten? To, yeah, I think I, I'm not sure. What, maybe. I, I, could be butchering it, maybe level 14 is international. Yeah. But that's a massive guess. So, um, but yeah, so like, I mean, body weight training is fantastic. I think it's a, like, from a weightlifting coach's perspective, 
if I have someone who's done even one or two years of gymnastics come to me, my job is 10 times easier. Okay. Because they, they've probably got a little bit of flexibility carryover, even though they probably haven't done it for a number of years. Their body awareness is off the scales. Like it, it, it is just unbelievable how many people, when you first get them in the gym, and it makes sense, so it's not their fault. When you're like, okay, this is how you do a lunge, you demonstrate it, and they just about fall over. But you can do that in your house. Like, I could put on my leotards, oh, you know, so I I would be flopping out of everywhere from top and bottom. It's yeah. not good. But, um, you like, you can just do that on the floor. You get a yoga mat, yeah. and, and away you go. So yeah. you're... I think the reason why I, su- I, I suggested for things to do at home are for those people that that are finding the an excuse not to go to the gym, but you know for the you know for the execs or for the business owners it may be an idea to um your your microphone's working mate don't worry <laughs> just flicking my equipment I get bored. I just I full flicks up. it yeah. um yeah that. Uh, uh, you lost my train of thought. That uh, maybe just getting in the habit of working out, sweating, getting excited before you can actually go to the gym. Absolutely. Cool. And uh, like I said before, that's a great foundation for anything. I can't wait for people to see it and, it's, uh, and give it a go. And look, if you want to send some photos through of yourself doing it, please do so. I, I'll, I'll be doing it myself. So um, it's brilliant. For some shits and giggles. All right, now, um, so we've gone through the gym and exercise. Let's move on to some health, food. So food-related stuff. Um, I, I believe on the weekend you're going to help me, um, well, you're going to be doing the meal prep. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about what someone should be eating, why, how often. Um, remember, I'm busy. Right, sure. I'm busy. So, how do I speed up the process? How do I how do I simplify it? Yeah. So, like, if if I didn't have someone who was short on time, I wouldn't have done what I did with Cam. So, basically, for Cam, I provided him with a with a whole training routine and a whole nutrition, exactly to the grammage. Okay. How much olive oil goes in it? How much butter? How much you name it? Broccoli. It's got 300 grams of spinach. Whatever happens to be in each meal. Now, I wouldn't do that for the everyday person because it's just setting them up for failure. Someone like Cam, Mr. Overachiever, um, I'll give it to him and he'll just pay someone to organize it for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, but uh, so what, what I would do is uh, if they're a busy, busy person, I think step one, eat, eat a bit of protein in every meal. Okay, what does that look like? Because protein is a protein uh, let's, shake. Let's go, let's go it was from a, a lean cut of meat, a palm size of protein. So in the, What's protein? So steak, steak, chicken breast, okay. chicken thigh, salmon, tuna, um, all the good stuff. So have a palm of chicken or some and kind of... about the thickness of a deck of cards, yep. about the, the size of your palm. It's not that much. It's not. But yeah. if you're having, say, four meals a day, okay, that, that'll start to be good enough. Right. Um, and like the bigger the person, the bigger the palm, right? So they're obviously going to need a little bit more protein. Okay, so that's a good rule of... Hand of, uh, rule of thumb. Yeah. So okay. palm, palm, palm size of protein is really good. Yeah. Um, let's say that's at every meal. And like if we're going to so go... So you're talking even breakfast? Absolutely. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. So my breakfast of... Champions. Shit, what do I have for breakfast? Whatever it is, it's not very good. Um, I should be eating chicken breast in there. Well, it doesn't have to be chicken breast. It could be eggs. It could be... Okay, so... Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then um, I mean, yeah, it could be my personal favorite for a little while, especially for like... Corporate guys as well. Yep. A bit of steak for breakfast. What's it? It's the best. So what's the difference between steak and chicken breast? Uh, look, the, the reason why I would do it like that is because uh, slow digesting. So let's say, for example, you're a busy businessman and you have, like, you have breakfast. 
and then you can't eat till two o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. So I'm going to try to eat some things that are going to be as slow releasing as possible. So obviously, eating a piece of steak is going to digest a lot slower than eating a piece of chicken breast mm. versus then having whey whey protein, which would be gone in you know a number of in, within the hour or whatever it is. Uh, so I, I, you're going to you got to be a bit smart with your food choices now. Like if we had rules of thumb, if you could eat three or four times a day, it'd be palm size of protein per meal, fist size of carbohydrates per meal. What's that? So, uh, like potato starchy, chips? Yes, yeah, so let's say starchy carbs. So, um, white potato, sweet potato, basmati rice, uh, anything like that. Okay. Um, and then uh, I would count. I would count your kind of cruciferous vegetables, your green vegetables. I'd kind of count them separately, and I'd probably have like almost like what you could fit in a cup of your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the plate with it. Yep. If that could take up more, by all means. And then a thumb serving of fat, which is olive oil. Um, so why did you laugh at what I was eating upstairs? I thought it was good. I had a tuna. Yeah, no, I didn't like And that. then I had a, the brown rice. And I think what you did was good. So like, you had no time to food prep. So like, this is where when you categorize food into bad and good, yeah. it, make, it puts people in a, an impossible situation so they don't make a decision and then they get hungry. And when you're hungry... You make the worst decisions. Correct. So you'd be like walking jacks. past and you're like, oh my God, I'm good jacks. Yes. Starting. Yes. Yes. So if we don't categorize foods into like good and bad, right, there's just, um, I'm not even going to categorize them, but there's, everyone knows what they should and shouldn't eat, right? When they're, when, when they're satisfied, if I was to put all these foods in front of you and say which is good and which is probably not ideal for you, you'd, you'd know, right? Yeah, you'd it, at least knows. get 80% of them right. Exactly right. So why, does it, why do people get it so wrong? Because what they would do is, I would say, let's say some people are confused yep. about what the decision to make, so they don't make a decision because a confused mind is probably not going to make a decision. And then from that, they get hungry and we go into preservation mode. Yep. We're going to eat something. Yes. And it's going to probably be the, the thing that's in the drawer, whether it's chocolate, whether it's whatever it is. And I mean, I know lots of co- corporate guys that only eat what's accessible. And unfortunately, you just go walk down the street right now and try and find a, you know, a good option. I like my clients to prepare all their food if possible. But let's say they can't. So uh, do you know, true story, I'm pretty sure that uh, one of the burger joints down the road actually have a burger called the Double Bypass Burger. Yeah, nice. The Double Fucking Bypass Burger. That's the best. Very funny. Um, but very quick, so rice, tuna, and then I put a sprinklings of some peanuts just for... Yeah, just so a, that's, a, that's your fat choice? That's I just put some peanuts, and yeah. then um, I cut up some broccolini, because I prefer broccolini over broccoli. Okay. So make it less gassy? Uh, yes, yeah, gassy. so gassy. Yeah. I because uh, I used to um, capsicum and cucumbers and things like that. That's crazy that you mentioned, but they never smell. Yeah, no, no. So when I when I was eating raw broccoli, it's like <laughs> just straight up eating raw broccoli, and I just thought, Jesus, I'm farting so yeah, much. I don't know why? Crazy, but yeah, broccolini don't get any any flatulence. Yeah. Um, and then what else did I put? I'm pretty sure that that was it. Corn. Uh, oh, and the ch- cup of corn. Corn's, yeah. corn's okay? It's okay, yeah. It's oh, not, not good, bad. It's Not good, bad. It's just another vegetable. Just another vegetable. I don't, know, I don't necessarily how much, I don't think it's got much nutrients in it, but. It, I just wanted to put a secondary vegetable. Yeah. You can have the healthiest meal in the world, and if it's got no flavor, you'll have three bites, and then you'll eat a block of chocolate. Yeah, I'm all over that yeah. so badly. Like so you've got to enjoy your food. Do you have to? Yeah, you've got to enjoy your food. And that's why, like, I won't take away. I won't take certain foods away from people. Like at the moment, um, do I have to stop eating Doritos? Well, it depends on the amount. <laughs> well, the family size. <laughs> the family size. <laughs> yeah. What's uh? And here's here's the thing. There's. A, I was listening to Rob Wolf talk yesterday on uh, uh, another health and fitness podcast, which was 
Um, fantastic mind loss project. Shout yep. out to those guys. Uh, and he was talking about, and I'll butcher this because I'm not good at secondary information. I'm only kind of good at what I know. Abstainers and moderators. Okay. So a moderator is someone who like, I can give you, let's say there's a whole block of chocolate here. I put it in front of you and then you can have one little piece and you're fine. And then there's an abstainer who the, the block's gone. They yeah. can't have one piece without having it all. Yes. So, so, um, you know, for some people you've got to make the decisions just to be smart about it. It's just don't put it in the household. When you're out with friends, enjoy yeah. it because obviously we're social beings. We need to eat where we go. Um, but yeah, getting back to the food, I think having that with most meals will start to keep people satiated for longer, which will start to make the better decisions around food. Yep. Better decisions around the food will lead to probably better decisions around going to the gym. And then it just becomes this cascading effect of like, we're going to make, you know, whereas if you skip the gym and then you have a bad day of food, probably going to get shit sleep that night. It all goes to shit. And then you make a bad decision the next day. And the next thing you know, it's been a week you haven't gone to the gym. Yeah. 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 Um, so trying to like, trying to put everything on autopilot. So if we quickly go back to Cam's lunch, what I like about it is there was no food prep involved in it. it was, so good. The yeah. food prep was in the container. Yeah. So he had, oh, who, who was it through? What, what, who? What container? What container? A bowl. Yeah. So from what I saw, you got a cup of rice. A cup of rice. A cup of rice. Yeah. Canned tuna. Canned tuna. Um, then the canned corn. Canned corn. And you had. Um, I had a, I had broccolini, but I cut it up, and then I I I don't know if this is the best thing, but I put water and then put it in the microwave. I know you're an anti microwave fan, but I just I don't know. It, it just made it a little bit softer. I like the hard crunch. Yeah, I think again, like if I was to look at that meal and I was to look at the alternative that you would eat in family size of Doritos, yes, it wins. I think so. It does and then also put a little bit of peanuts. But can you? Can you win off that meal? You can do a lot of good with that. Because it sounds like because it sounds like you, you're not going to lose. But can you win? Can you excel? Can you grow? Can you build mass? Yeah, can absolutely you, can. Okay. Yeah, I think I think. Um, well, then that's don't be lazy, fuckers. Like that was such a it took, it like, took a couple minutes. It needs to be like. Um, it doesn't need to be easy. It just needs to be doable. Yeah. Okay. I could give you like let's say that piece of paper I gave you was the golden goose. The golden, like, the golden chalice. If you just followed this for five weeks, you would be 10-pack. You're, you're kidding just, me. Let's say Are you lying? No. Because now I'm going to do it. I never lie. Yeah, right. But uh, let's, say, let's say I gave you it laid out, but it seemed too hard. If you didn't have a strong enough why, going back to what we said about earlier, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Which is why like, you kind of need to layer it on, right? Start bit by bit, start nice and slow, really small and achievable goals. And it might be step one, let's just get protein in every single meal. Step two, okay, but well now we're getting protein every meal and I'm enjoying the proteins. Like sometimes I'll just start with meal one. Yeah. Let's just get, let's get, let's get breakfast. Let's yes. get you two or three options. Let's get the really fast and easy option, which might be like a shake and a banana with some, you know, some type of nut, like a nut butter. You know, there's protein, carbs and fats on the way to work. Or, you know, a better option could be like uh, eggs with, or steak. Let's say steak, my favorite one, you know, steak, capsicum, and... Um, I can't remember my favorite breakfast. <laughs> um, but yes, um, yeah, things like that. So we could have three options. The great option, the, the, well, let's say the most amount of time option, least amount of time option, and yep. a, a kind of moderate amount of time option. Um, and then kind of when you nail that, that's that's a habit, right? You do it for X amount of days, 30 to 60 days, whatever the rule of thumb is, and you don't need to think about breakfast anymore. So like the, the, what I try to do with a lot of my clients is set up habits so that a year from now, they're kind of like, well, I'll never do that. And you have to remind them, like, six months ago, you would do that. Okay. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, I think that's a good, good place to start. So you've said four meals. What about uh, when uh, first meal and last meal of the day? When, so how would you break those up? So, and it doesn't have to be four meals. If you have only two options to eat in a day, that doesn't mean your chances of getting your goals are ruined. They're limited to what you probably could do. Okay. Um, but getting the right amount of uh, nutrients and calories in for the day is num- is number one. Okay, so it's got so that's more important than how many times you are eating. For sure, yeah. Unless you're a strong man, you need it every single two hours. Yeah. Nowhere near as important for the the general person. For your ability to like, which is where it comes down to the types of food, satiate the food and not get hungry and then not make poor decisions. Yeah. You know, eating four times kind of gives you plenty of time to make those decisions. It could be three meals and a shake for your post-workout, whatever it happens to be. Okay. But, yeah, so let's say um, – what was the question? So, that's so the, first, last first, meal. Last like, meal. how would you break up your meals uh, from when you wake up to when you go to sleep? Personally, and for, for a lot of my clients, depending on how they train, let's say they train mid-evening, afternoon, mm-hmm. I like a high-fat, high-protein breakfast. It just keeps me full for longer. So, like, if I have the breakfast that – let's say, for example, I have um, – Personally, I have say four eggs. Let's say I have five eggs. One. How many? How many yellows or yolks? Uh, four. So four. Four for yolks. For me, yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. I, I need to get. Like, how many? How many yolks? Okay, let's do different. Yeah, like so how many? For you, I'm going to get for three. Okay, well, you're, you're, that's you're, still, you're sitting. Still. You're sitting down a lot. You're sitting down. Yeah, yeah. A lot more than I am on my feet all day. I train for an hour and a half to two hours a day. Um, so different, different needs. Right. Even sure. though you're a bigger guy and you probably need more calories, if you were to do the same amount of moving as me. You don't need that much energy. Okay. So let's say I was like, you do for you to like, you probably do a three egg omelet with a heap of vegetables in it. What type of vegetables in an omelet? Ew. What do you mean? I've never done that in my life. You never put vegetables. Ah, oh, diced capsicum. Oh, okay, that's different. I don't know why I was thinking there. Yeah, a normal like onion, tomato. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking broccoli. No, yeah, I was. That's I, yeah. when you say vegetable, I go straight to that. I yeah, don't okay. even factor in tomato, onion yeah. as vegetables. You know. So, but that 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 like uh, three egg omelet with a good amount of vegetables in it might be your breakfast. That's that sounds like a delicious breakfast. And minutes. can can you pre make that, or do you would you suggest you could food? absolutely you can like uh, I I I'm not really good with reheated eggs, but I'll whenever I'd have steak like steak was kind of like my medium option. It's already cooked the night before. Yeah, okay. And I'll just chew that. And I'll get it on the way out. And yeah, okay. Yeah, and I might have so that. steak and so steak and eggs is actually a good breakfast. Uh, yeah, from my perspective. <laughs> Seen great results of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so there. So you. So again, it's going to be doable for you, and it's going to be palatable. Because if I gave my girlfriend steak, she couldn't think of anything worse in the morning to eat. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's true for a lot of women. Whereas a lot of guys, not all guys, but a lot of guys, you know, especially the alpha kind of males, give them a bit of steak in the morning. They think it's the best without without cutlery or a plate. No, just chew on that boy. <laughs> T bone. Um, all right. So if I wake up at five, when should I eat? If I wake up at six, when should I eat? If I wake up at seven, when should I eat? If you wake up at five, you go to the gym straight away. Yeah. Uh, I would have a like. Let's say you have your your post workout shake. Yeah. I'd have like a, a biggerish shake, and I'd have half before and half after. So on the way to the gym, I'd probably have half a protein shake with. Um, uh, but the meal, the meal. Well, that's what I mean. Like I would, I would substitute that meal because you probably wouldn't want to, and you could if this is the decision you make. Um, You'd probably rather be training on not an empty stomach, but you'd rather be training with like the nutrients is like really accessible into the bloodstream. Okay. You don't kind of be like, I wouldn't want to be digesting food if I had the option. So you wake up, gym, come home, then eat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then are you look are you looking at say every three hours? Yeah. So that's one thing that I do like is like pick a times that suit for you, and it could be three hours, every four hours, it could be five hours, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And like try to stick to it because not so much about um, what's going on on the inside, 
But just from your the psychology of it all, if you're getting hungry every three hours, maybe just eat every three hours. Yeah. That'll probably help you make better decisions in the long run. If you're getting hungry every four hours, eat every four hours. But if your job says otherwise, you might have to eat half an hour early, things like that. Like I, I like to have a bit of a schedule, but I do understand coming in and out of meetings, you'll have to make kind of sacrifices sometimes with when you eat and what you eat. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, w- so if it's every three, whatever hours, what about the last meal before you go to sleep? Last meal before you go to sleep is going to depend on what goals you are, what, you, what you're having basically. So if I'm, uh, me personally, let's say I'm in, I'm in the process of moving up a weight class, my last meal will be very high carbohydrate, high protein. Mm-hmm. And then if I've had a training day that day, I might have a slower digesting protein or protein with a bit of fat because that will help digest it nice and slowly overnight. Because I tend to lose weight, or not even lose weight, I tend to lose muscle very, really easily. Yep. Uh, I need to have something to kind of digest a little bit while I sleep, just to kind of keep feeding my muscles because they're nice and small. Um, but if someone, so if oh, my dad, my dad, for example, he's currently sitting at 108 kilos. He was 116 kilos. Um, we've been kind of training, I've been training him at my house for four months after he kind of let himself go a little bit. It's all by feel with him because he's, he's a little bit older. He doesn't necessarily know what to do. He started having broken sleep. So what I suggested that he do is after his dinner, I don't mind what it is, meat and veg, meat and three veg, easy. Um, I said to him, let's, let's try a bit of protein and uh, some type of fat. For him, just because it's tasty for him, I put a little bit like a t- tablespoon of peanut butter in it. Mm. Have that before you go to sleep. Uh, and see what it does for you. So, like, there's there's good information out there that, like, if you kind of contradicted, but if you have a bit of carbohydrates before you go to sleep, even though that's you know, going against an old wives' tale, it helps um, give you a bit of an insulin spike and it puts you to sleep. Okay. But with him, I'm just wanting him to kind of uh, want him to sleep through because he would wake up at like two o'clock or three o'clock. So we just experimented with it for a little bit. One was one day was higher carbohydrate, higher protein before bed, and one day was a bit higher fat, higher protein. When he has the high fat, high protein, especially on training days, sleeps through. Okay. Don't know why. Couldn't tell you the mechanism for it. And I think that's probably the best way for people to, people to go about it. Test it out. Try it. If it doesn't work, and not if it doesn't work night one, if it doesn't work over the course of a seven or ten day, move on to something else. Try something else. I really want to touch on the sleeping aspect. Um, I'm sleeping a lot more now. Yeah. Um, but I think it's got to do because I'm working out a lot less okay that's because yeah, you're, you're, you're sleeping longer more so than I think to get out of there. I yeah I'm just yeah. sleeping longer yeah. um, so I don't know if that's a good thing because I like to think that I can survive so I think that if I go back into the gym and, and go to go to the gym every day and do my my six k just go three days. No, I, I'm, I, but I'm all in. All I'm just, I'm, all, I can't, I, I'm just all in. If I'm yeah. going to do it, I've got to, sleep. I've got to be the best at it. I just, it's just my attitude towards it. If I'm not going to be the best, I don't want to do it. Or yeah. the best that I can be. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So when I was going to the gym uh, every day, I could really survive off five hours. Mm. I still, I still could, you know, there's some days that I can, but as I've stopped going, now I'm sleeping more, but sleeping's good for you. So, like, yeah. make sense of that. There's a, um, I think he's got a TED Talk. I know he's been on a few podcasts, Dr. Kirk Parsley. Okay. Uh, he's like the sleep guy. He was an ex-Navy SEAL, so obviously they start people asleep, and I think he got in health and fitness, and then eventually he became the sleep doctor. He's got some fantastic... So is he called Kirk Parsley or the sleep doctor? 
Well, how do, I, how do I find it? Just go to YouTube, Dr. Kirk Parsley. Okay. Um, he's got some phenomenal facts on sleep, and it's something like, now, what I would say from what I've seen is there are some people that can deal with five hours sleep a night, and then there are also people who think that they can deal with five hours sleep a night, <laughs> and they're very, very different. Yes. Um, but I think one of the stats he kind of likes to give out there, yeah, that's it there. Make his biggest problem. Okay. Um, yeah, that's and there's a, another podcast he's on. He's, he's, he's fan cat. It's a good, good episode as well. Okay. He talks about, I think they did a study on the effects of um, lowering people's sleep, and it was, let's say it was like, he did two hours a night for X amount of time. It was the equivalent of um, a, a blind alcohol reading of 0.05 or 0.06 or something. Wow. So, like, it affects us in kind of more ways than one, just like cognitively and, and, and stuff like that. From a performance perspective, it's huge. You are only as good as what you can recover from. And sleep is a massive part of recovery. I won't say more important than nutrition, but God, it'd be getting pretty close. Okay. Um, so, like, how many, how many hours? Like, what, what, what's the hours that I should say? It sucks down. It's just trying to sleep close to eight hours. Okay. I mean, like, ideally, like, uh, I just went camping with my girlfriend's family for Easter weekend. Yep. And obviously, a lot of my business is programming is uh, calling people backwards and forwards. There is definitely a, a lot of face-to-face time, but obviously we, we're in front of screens. Now, in the four or five days we were away, um, no reception, so the phone was away. Perfect. Every night, so we were waking up at 6 o'clock, and then every night around the fire, around 8.30, looking at the flame, I was falling asleep. Every single night. There was no need for it, no alarm set. It was just like, go to bed at 8.30, wake up at 6 o'clock. Go to bed at 8.30, wake up at 6 o'clock. Which for me, I normally sometimes work till 10, 10, 30 at night face-to-face and I might do another half an hour on the computer. Yep. By the time I go to bed, I now juked it so that most of my mornings I have like my first clients are just after nine. So I would sleep till seven easily and then sometimes seven is probably not enough for me. So like for, for rule of thumb, try to figure out what works the best for you. See what you operate the best on um, because sometimes you can, have a, you can have a crappy sleep because you've done too much. Yep. And it just wasn't enough for you to recover from because you've gone to gym that morning, you've been up since 5 o'clock, you've done meetings, like your stress is just through the roof, you've just been having meetings till midnight and you know your workers aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing and then you go to sleep and you wake up 5 hours and there was not enough time for you to recover. Or you could sleep for 10 hours and it still wasn't enough time to recover. So is oversleeping a real thing? Like if you okay, I don't, don't know, I don't know, no, don't know enough about. It. I just know what I've seen with, with my clients, and that there are, there is, from what I've seen, there is definitely a um, you've done too much to recover from in that one night of sleep. Yeah, okay. And especially with the way everyone wants to train, like if, if I train one day a week, two days is better. If I train two days, three days is better. If I do five, yeah. ten, twelve yeah. sessions a week, um, the the athletes that you see who are training that much. That's their lifestyle. Like when I was in China, they would wake up at 8 o'clock. They would be at the gym by 9, which was a bike ride away because it was on campus, Beijing Sports University. They would train for two and a half to three hours. They would go get a massive feed. They would sleep for three hours. They would wake up, walk back into the gym, still half drowsy, do their warm-up, train for another two and a half to three hours, go get dinner. Jeez. Their phones were taken off them at 8 o'clock every night to 8.30, and they were put to bed. How old were they? Who were they? Who was uh, the kids? kids were ranging from 14 to 22. Okay. In that gym. Yeah. Interesting. So like, but that's, that's an anomaly, right? That, they have that lifestyle. That their stress is like, they do go to school. On, on, I'm not sure. I didn't get to ask them um, with English barrier how much their schooling impacts and what happens there. And, um, but if you look at like the average person who's got X amount more stress in their life from the job, the fact that 
did my kid get a good grade at school this week? Is my kid doing whatever? Um, and then throwing gym on top of it, it's another stress, which yeah. is why yeah. earlier I was saying your exercise needs to be something that is a bit of a release for you. Like it can be stressful, but it, like that's how we that's how we get better, right? Stress isn't necessarily something to be worried of unless it's in chronic amounts. We adapt with X amount of stress. Do you know one of the best sayings I've ever heard is um, is pr- you know pressure. Stress is pressure. Yeah. Pressure makes diamonds, Absolutely, right? Yeah, that yeah. like I, I I love that. You For know. Sure. When when pressure comes and when you're feeling that 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 stress, you've got two options, right? You can either take it on and, and get better Sorry. from it, or you can let it affect you and Dumbly yeah, exactly. So so and and that's like the basis for all like um, strength training training in general is you need to stress x amount, recover x amount. Yep, you kind of repeat that process, right? Like and then when you get more, that's how that's how simple it needs to start when you are a beginner until maybe a year or two into your training, then it can get complicated. A lot of people want to start with what the best people are on. And if you went and actually saw what they did in their first few years, it was simple. Yeah. They did a little bit of everything. They did a little bit of riding. They, they, they want to specialize, especially like um, high-level sports. They probably didn't specialize until a little bit later in life. So it's really just getting that start, start. getting in that momentum and letting it just naturally and organically build up and grow. What man, is, um, Have you read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? I have not. Highly recommend it. Okay. Highly recommend it. There's a part in that book where it's, oh, I'm sure it's that book, where he's talking about, uh, he gets emails all the time from people who are like, how do I start? Where do I go? What do I do? Um, and like, it might be like, let's say you're putting up doing the housework. It's like, start with the simplest thing you can think of. So personally for me, if I'm sitting around and I'm trying to avoid doing my work, let's say I, I work from home Tuesdays, and I, I like to also do a little bit around the house, I try to make, at least so that I do something around the house once a week. Yep. Um, I have to start with something, and the simplest for me to think, the simplest thing for me to do is put on a podcast or an ebook or audiobook or whatever, and start doing the dishes. Because I don't need to pay attention to the dishes in order. My girlfriend's satellite. I don't need to pay attention to the dishes, and I get to still kind of listen. So I'm killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. Next thing you know, music will come on, and the house will be spotless. I have no other option but to do my work for the rest of the day. So, like step number one, when you know trying to figure out how to start start just do anything yeah like you said squat in your house do 10 that's a big achievement yeah and then when you get bored of that i reckon i can squat with some weight pick up a kid pick up a pot plant whatever happens to be just pick up the kids squat with start squatting yeah. with Alyssa on my back so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then kind of go from that i think everyone wants to start like at the they want to start at the best yeah and uh it's years of practice yeah um yeah. so i think yeah that that the, the it's like how do i start start how do people get in contact with you chris uh email chris at iontribe.com.au my website www.iontribe.com.au facebook yeah cool um on my facebook instagram instagrams uh, instagram forward slash <laughs> iontribe weightlifting facebook.com perfect i'm pretty sure they could just search for iontribe weightlifting iontribe weightlifting and and yeah 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 Thank you so much for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. I reckon, um, I reckon you'll be in again, and we'll we'll try and f- uh, go Short through some. Uh, yeah, try and go. I, I don't think if we ever get like when we talk upstairs, we go for hours, right? Yeah. So this was actually a short a short session. Um, well, well, I just probably made people's heads explode. I've answered <laughs> none of their questions, given them no directives. <laughs> no, no, you've been really lots good. Of, lots of uh, maybe's. Really, really good. Um, and thanks for coming in, buddy. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to the Digital Cowboys with Cameron Francis and Sam Roshan. 
Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And please, write a review. Also, head on over to digitalcowboys.com.au where we post the latest episodes and content pieces for all of our listeners. So saddle up and join us next time for another edition of The Digital Cowboys.